B-A-S-C-A-L You are now rocking with that dude Pascal We be going wild Haitian in the building So, so, so original Got the haters catching feelings Get your hands up to the ceiling And keep them held high Cause Sandy Wisses are ready Forget about it, goodbye Hold up, we just saying hi Five somebody rise up Weekdays catch us live Somebody, let's go Good morning everybody Welcome to the Pascal Show Yes Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Yes, yes, you know, uh, 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 you know the poetry, uh, poetry snaps, poetry snaps. You know what I'm saying? Good morning, everybody. I hope you guys are doing well out there in all the lands. You know, uh, all over, all corners of the world. I hope you guys are enjoying your day, having a fantastic and wonderful Thursday. Um, we got a guy, you know, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, unfortunately I got a, we, uh, today's show is going to be another short one, unfortunately, but, uh, it's for various reasons. I got some stuff going on with family. I got to take care of. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm excited about the, the things that we got to talk about. Cause there's a lot of different things to, to chat and chop up about and everything. So anyway, if you're enjoying the conversation and if you're enjoying, if you're having a good morning so far, please hit that like button down below. I would really, really appreciate it. So anyway, um, man, I hope you guys are having a good morning. Good morning to my brothers, Tommy Boy and Jackie Buck. What's a guan, fellas? Yo, yo, yo. How's it going? I'm a little little tired this morning. Found that heat yesterday. And uh, you know, you don't really realize that like, if you don't hydrate before going out, like trying to hydrate while you're out is just a little bit too late. Yeah. Facts. So, yeah. Facts. I'm like, oh, now I'm thirsty. Oh, now I'm really thirsty. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, Tommy boy, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well rested. I got a lot of sleep last night. More oh. sleep than I've gotten in a long time. Lucky so. you. Lucky you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nice. I'm, I'm so jealous. You know, uh, I just started uh, going and working out at this new at this new facility. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, me and my girl are starting to do this thing like really early in the morning, you know, or we, the workouts start at six o'clock in the morning. So you have to be you know, you got to be up at least by five thirty to to get out and be there to do th- this workout. And I'm telling you, one. Torture, especially if you haven't worked out in a really long time, you know, we we've been immobile for like three months and then all of a sudden you're just throwing yourself back into the fire i'm telling you i'm dead inside right now i am so tired but it was worth every it was worth every second worth every droplet of sweat um but what's what sucks is that i got to bed really early last night or early for me right and i woke up at two o'clock in the morning and i couldn't go back to sleep so then when Ugh. I finally fell back asleep, which was about mm, 445, <laughs> the alarm went off. I felt like I'd only had 20 minutes of sleep for the entire night. I felt like absolute trash. But then went to this thing, went to the gym or, you know, went to this workout thing uh, and uh, felt like I had like three cups of coffee afterwards. I mean, mm. I was tired as hell. But once that went away, I felt wide awake. You know what I'm saying? As I drink my cup of coffee, <laughs> mm. but today, you know, I'm I'm really happy that I was able to get up and do that uh, and, and get it out the way. You know, now my whole day is wide open to do 
uh, a, a myriad of, of different things. You know what I mean? And talk about a myriad of different things on this show. Actually, um, we do have somebody, Debbie, by the way. I just wanted to say, Debbie. hi, Debbie, everybody. Hey. What's up, Debbie? Hey. Yeah, it's been a minute since she's been on, so it's nice to see her beautiful name and her beautiful presence on the show. By the way, she just said something uh, right when we were doing the uh, while the countdown was going on, which I found very interesting. She said, TMZ has reported Kanye West's family is very concerned that he's in the midst of one of his bipolar episodes. Thank you. Okay, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. I mean, well, obviously, we are not the only ones, fellas. We are not the mm. only ones in this in this thought process. I think his med, he's off his meds. Or he needs to start switching it up. That's what I personally think. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that TMZ is reporting this, I mean, we haven't, this is flying off the cut. We're shooting from the hip right now. We're just, I'm just reading this live right now as we speak. I don't know if that's in, I don't know, uh, the, the rest of the story, what they said exactly. But that is a very interesting uh, piece of information. Now, my question is Kanye's family. That's a lot of different people. Is that Kim Kardashian saying this or is this his family family? You see what I'm saying? Nieces and nephews and whatnot. Or is this literally his wife saying, yeah, I, I think he's having one of his episodes. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't know. Just a thought. It's on TMZ apparently. Yeah, I'm it's reading it right now. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. Take, take, take your time, guys. Take your time because I know this was like literally inaudible, but I thought I found it very interesting, and of course, it has to come from one of our favorite people in the whole wide world, Debbie. So I, I yep. felt like she needed to get a little love and a little mm -hmm. attention right now and say, "Hey, that's some interesting information. Let's look at. Let's let's check it out." Let's just dive into it and see what's good. I mean, we got a lot of other things to talk about today, but at the same time, we'll get to it. I promise. We got a lot of things to talk about, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm quite curious to see if that's actually a real thing. You know what I mean? But while, while you guys are looking it up, because these are, these are my brains here, you know what I mean? They're my left and right brain pretty much. Um, and then I'm just here. I'm just a vessel. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know what I'm saying. It's coffee. It's the workout. I've been up since two o'clock in the morning. Just, just roll with me here, guys. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, good morning, James. Uh, good morning, Tanu Vane. What's up, man? Uh, good morning, Simply Simone. Good morning, sweetheart. And uh, good morning to everyone that's tuning in. Oh, Mr. Super, uh, Malia. Good morning. Good day, mate. Or good night, mate. In it like something I don't even know what time it is right now and I always ask that and I should I should have world clocks in this yeah. room right right above me so I know like Sydney it's it's you know what I mean it's something o'clock in Sydney you know what I mean uh, but I know that it's nighttime over there so good night <laughs> hope you're having a, hope you had a good day because she's in the future so how was Thursday for you Malia that's what I'd like to know you know what I'm saying I would really like to know but um oh and mr super there's some other information uh scotus um scotus rulings are coming in right now yep which we'll talk about here in a second too but let do you have any uh information about the tmz thing i i can't find any like specifics they just said family they they have a weird two and a half or two minute 50 second video of 
Kanye interviewing um, who's the guy that runs TMZ? That that guy. Oh, oh yeah, uh, the, the lawyer. The lawyer yeah, guy. So I, I don't know. It just looks like uh, our sources say his family and those close to him are worried, but they believe things will stabilize as they have in the past. The problem here, we were told, Kanye's proclamations are causing problems. Of hmm. course, Kanye's apparent bipolar episode hasn't kept him from guarding presidential campaign support, like say Leon Musk, um, who hung with the rapper just days prior to his announcement. Right. Um, oh. So the others are more skeptical that skepticism likely grew in the wake of Kanye's widened interview with Forbes, in which he dumped Trump, slammed Biden, and revealed his running as part of a newly new party called the Birthday Party. <laughs> Claimed he he had had COVID nineteen, pushed an anti vax narrative, mm-hmm. and talked a lot about God. Uh, but the interview didn't touch on at all uh, Kanye's mental health. So, uh, I mean, Kim has said in the past that he that Kanye does not take it because it stifles his uh, creative thought pattern. Any of his medications for his his, uh, his mental health, and no, he doesn't. She said that they they know how to handle his episodes. They said, huh. Uh, huh. but if huh. sources close huh. to the okay. family are saying that they think that this is an episode, I don't know. Interesting. And I don't know. Interesting. I mean, he does everything else with an episode, like you know, with this in his life. It's just part of who he is. Yeah. And so. You know, it's not like they said, "Oh, it's an episode." He's going and selling Yeezys at Gap. Yeah, like, I don't know. He's an, he's just a very eccentric man. Um, although I don't know if someone like Tom, as you were expressing before, that someone that is bipolar has this type of uh, mental health issue that should be in control of the nukes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, well, if, so, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be concerned if I were, you know, a, a family member of his. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, that it, goes without it, saying. I think it should go without saying. that. He, I mean, when a guy is going out there and saying he's running under the birthday party banner, um, you got to think, okay, you know, Mad Hatter's off his rocker again, you know? So, yeah. I mean, this makes me wonder about what exactly he and Elon Musk were up to a few days before this announcement. I mean, it makes yeah. me wonder that they talk about stuff. Did they get into some drugs? You know, what, <laughs> what happened? You know, cause if he's having a psychotic break a few days after hanging out with Elon Musk and then Elon Musk is like the only person with a voice out there that seems to be saying, yeah, it seems like a great idea. Kanye, go get him." Makes me wonder if those two <laughs> didn't go out and take some acid or ecstasy or, you know, do something that, through Kanye's brain for a loop. Yeah. I mean, you you never really know. I mean, that they might have had a very in-depth conversation where he had particular thoughts about things. And, you know, Elon Musk is not, I wouldn't sit here and say Elon Musk thinks in a linear way. I mean, he's, he's kind of out there as well. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not sitting here saying that he's bipolar or that he has any type of mental, um, mental uh, uh, illnesses or anything. But at the same time, he doesn't think in the traditional way. That's why he's Elon Musk. So you got two people that, that are always thinking outside of the box all the time, sitting in a room together, chopping it up, doing whatever, having alcohol, drinking, smoking, whatever you want to call it, whatever it might be. It could have just been a cup of coffee and a full long conversation. You know, you never know. He could have been like, wow, you know, this guy is extremely intelligent. He's very, you know, he's thought about these things and he's thinking the same way I think. And, 
yeah, I endorse this, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe from that, that fueled that, that, that lit a fire under Kanye's ass and maybe made mm-hmm. him want to do even more. You, you never know. You never fully, you can never fully know when it comes to that situation. I mean, right. But at the same time, if the rest, if his family, whoever it could be is saying, Hey, he is having an episode right now. I mean, that says something as well. You know, that definitely says something as well. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, Debbie said something here and I'm trying to find it really quick. It's lost, lost in, in, in here. Hold on one second, guys. One second. Where is it? Dang, it was here. Okay. She said, um, you know, TMZ is in bed with the Kardashians. So it's true. Now, I don't know if that's entirely, I don't know, uh, the relationship with TMZ and the Kardashians. I'm sure they probably slipped them some money. TMZ, TMZ so that they keep uh, a tab on the Kardashians or post things about the Kardashians, whether good or bad, because there's no such thing as bad press um, in, in a lot of in a lot of ways. But uh, it could very well be that it could very well be that Kardashians are saying this thing and saying he's clearly having an episode. Um, but we'll see, you know, um, uh, simply Simone said, I've been seeing Kanye I've been saying Kanye has, uh, is having an episode. The Forbes interview was good enough, was enough for me. And uh, that's absolutely true, too. The, the, the interview with Forbes definitely shows that he is spinning off this planet, you know. Mm. Um, but then again, it's kind of like if you like I said, if you go and check out that Netflix in- interview with David Letterman, I'm telling you. Just take a look at that. Just just dedicate 20 minutes of your life to watching that that episode on Netflix. If you, I know you might not be a big fan of David Letterman. You might not like his format, et cetera. But you get to see how his mind works. You just see it. And you see how he's talking to David Letterman, of all people. And it's, a, it's, just, a diff, it's just different. So you clearly see that like this is how he speaks all the time. So that Forbes interview, to me, yes, he seems like he's spinning off the planet, but it ain't a big surprise to me. I'm going to keep it straight funky. It was not a big surprise to me at all. You know, I'm like, sounds like a tip. Sounds like typical Kanye. Sounds like Kanye. See what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm I'm waiting to hear him say even something even more crazy. I'm waiting for him to say something crazier. Then I can go, hmm. Yeah, the, those you know, he yeah, he he needs to get on those meds. You know what I'm saying? Or something like that. Yeah. You know, like when he sat there and he said on that thing with uh, Michael Myers right uh Mike Myers right next to him sitting there saying uh Bush doesn't like black people. From that point on, he's been kind of you see what I'm saying? A little off. But that's Kanye. <clears throat> that's Kanye's vernacular. Right. Typical vernacular. So to me, this is not a surprise. Now, the only thing is, I'm going to say this. The only proof that he's having an episode that for sure, aside from the Forbes magazine interview, which is, yeah, it's really out there. Aside from that. The sure the surefire way of knowing that he is having an episode right now is not some rumors from TMZ. No offense to anybody that from family and, and stuff like that. It's if he actually gets a campaign going. If he doesn't get a campaign going, he clearly talking out of his ass. That's what I personally think. 
until mm-hmm. he gets the, 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 the signature signed until he actually makes the steps towards actually running, then yes, he will always look like he's having a bipolar episode. But if he actually starts doing that, then that's just Kanye being Kanye, y'all. So I'm just waiting to see what he does next. Because he only has what? At this, at this moment right now, he probably has 11, 10 to 11 days left to actually get signatures signed so that he can properly run. Just about. Maybe even less now. I want yeah, to see, see the signatures and I want to see who his campaign people are, what his team is going to look like. You see what I'm saying? He ain't got none of that, bruh. Ain't got none yeah. of that. So in that way, it's like that is an episode. The talking, he talks like this all the time, y'all. Listen to his music. He talks like that all the time. Let's see what he does about the campaign. Campaign just kind of made me laugh episode. thinking about what his team might look like. Mm-hmm. That'd be Word. a funny ass team. That'd you be an amazing press- team. You imagine his press secretary having to come out and like face reporters be like, hey, what did Kanye say when, what did he mean when he said this? I mean, you think about like Kellyanne Conway has to go up and clean up after Donald Trump all the time and what Kaylee McEnany has to do the same thing. It'd be funny to see someone have to try and make sense out of Kanye's ramblings. Yeah. That would mm. be fun to watch. He, he would just do it himself. <laughs> right. He's like, I got this. <laughs> Hell Yeah. But like, hey, I, hey, could, hey. I could see uh, him and Elon probably were talking. He's like, Elon, listen up, man. I'm going to run for president, and I want to send everybody to Mars. I'm going to put them in a Tesla powered by solar panels, and I got to wear my new Yeezy space jumpsuit. And uh, Elon was probably like, I'm all for it. Let's do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they're, I mean, they're they're both out there. But I, I mean, I hope that something gets figured out. And he said that you know, if he wins this year, it would be due to God. So um, it would uh, have to be a divine intervention, I think, is the only way that he could be elected. Uh, And so, yeah, let's see. Let's see the campaign team. Let's see the you know, where where it sprouts up and what cities he's going to have volunteers going out knocking doors for him. Yeah, it's funny because Debbie just said if Kanye were to win, he'll play 50 Cent in the club. You know, go shouty, it's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like it's your birthday. That would be hilarious. I would kill for that. Man, I'm telling you. (laughs) I'm telling you, I would kill for that. Real talk. But here it is. We've already seen enough crazy. We've seen crazy stuff happen so far. People running. Uh, the people who have decided to run, the people who have won, the people who are running this country now. I mean, anything is possible. Anyone's anything's possible. Even even Paris Hilton put out a tweet saying Paris Hilton for 2020. I mean, everyone now is starting to take it as like uh, this is just one big joke. You see what I'm saying? There was a moment when yeah. a porn star a long time ago we talked about it on the show. There was a porn star that was trying to run for president at one point as well, too. Didn't last very long, but at the same time. There was a moment where that actually happened, you know? I mean, like I said, if it's an episode, we will see it with what he does in the next few days. If he doesn't do anything, he clearly is having an episode. And that really tarnishes him, though. Because if he's going to decide, if he really is going to run in 2024, everyone is going to be using this particular moment when he tries to run in 2024. Watch. So he better go in full 
like he better go full forward, uh, in full motion forward. He has to, or that really screws up his chances in 2024 because everyone's going to go, uh, is his bipolar disorder really messing up with his messing with his decisions? Is he the right person to run this country? Those are going to be the constant questions that are going to happen in 2024. So he better get the going and going quickly if he's really going to do this. And if he doesn't, then he's pretty much shooting himself in the foot. Pretty much. It's a damn shame. Yes, it is. Because here's the thing, like, you know, like, I would love to see Kanye run if he was if he was fit mind, if he had a fit mind, if he was on the right meds, if he was doing what he needed to do. But right now he's showing something else. Like I said, this is Kanye talk all day long. So we'll see what he does next. And if he doesn't do anything. Yes, it's an episode. (sighs) It sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, yeah, it's well, this is not not a fun thing. And certainly to be a family member of someone having a psychotic break is a very sad and stressful time. So, right. you know, I hope I hope everything, you know, because we just get to see what happens when he's in front of the cameras or being interviewed by Forbes. But at the yeah. end of the day, he's going home to his family and he's bringing that home with him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's a day, you know, I'm not going to say it's a dangerous situation, but it's a sad and stressful one for a family for sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's re- it's really it's really sad. But anyway, comment down below and let us know what you think. Is, do you think that he's having an episode or do you think this is just Kanye being straight up classic Kanye? Comment down below and let us know what you think. We're going to move on to the next topic because this is another piece of news, uh, breaking, breaking news as well. Um, and uh, uh, Mr. T12 was uh, bringing it up. He's like, did you guys know? And I was like, yeah, we know, man. Damn. Let a brother breathe, man. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is uh, some interesting information. Uh, Glee star Naya Rivera is missing after a boat trip uh, on a lake in South uh, South California. Um, so the, from my understanding, there was a uh, Naya Rivera and her four-year-old son rented a pontoon boat, uh, went out into onto a lake, um, Lake Piru on Wednesday, uh, Piru or Piru, um, they went out uh, to, the, to the lake, rented a, a, a pontoon boat, went out there, went swimming. And apparently the four-year-old, four, her four-year-old son was able to get back into the boat and Naya Rivera never came back. Um, so right now she is still missing as we speak. She has not been pr- pronounced dead yet. Um, but right now, the, um, the, the Ventura uh, County Sheriff ha- has put out a search uh, for Naya uh, and basically has closed off the entire lake um, as they go and they dive, uh, get dive teams to go throughout the entire uh, region to find out uh, where she is and if they can find at least find her body. So uh, prayers and thoughts go to her family. And of course, to her four-year-old son, because I can only imagine what he's going through right now as well. Mm. Um, mm. And I don't know if he was in the boat, and then she jumped in. She jumped in and tried to, you know what I'm saying? Or if she was, or if he was in, out swimming with her, and then she got maybe swept away, and he was able to pull her, himself back into the boat. Uh, we don't know for sure. Um, all we know is that um, later on, uh, later yesterday, they found 
uh, her son, her four-year-old son, in the pontoon boat, uh, just alone. So um, our prayers and thoughts go to Naya Rivera and her family, for sure. It's uh, terrible news. It's terrible news, and it's uh, breaking news as of last night and this morning, for sure, as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's a shame. I can't imagine... You know, if you're out in the lake and they're swimming in the lake and if for some reason she was trying to push them back into the boat, I don't know if a little pop-up storm came through. I don't know if there's, you know, um, undertoes and stuff like that in that lake Yeah. to where, you know, you just catch the wrong area. They said it's a pretty big lake. It has a wide variety of terrain that's underneath it, so it can go from shallow to pretty deep. Um, and, you know, if... If you're out there swimming and you don't have a life vest on or you know, some kind of a float device with you, and if you're trying to push somebody up into a into a boat and you're using all your energy, if it's wavy at all, I mean, if you ever tried to fight a, like a rip current or anything like that, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't win. You, know, like you have to go with it and then swim to the side. I just don't know, you know, the situation that was in this lake, but I, that's a very very sad situation. Yeah. Very. It's terrible news. Uh, like I said, it's terrible, terrible news. And uh, I, all I can sit here and say is that, uh, uh, you know, I can only imagine, you know, more than anything, I can just only imagine what the, her son is going through right now. And uh, mm. my thoughts go, my thoughts and prayers and, you know, virtual hugs, um, you know, extend out to the, uh, to her son, because I'm sure he's terrified and God knows what he's, what's going on in his head right now. So, yeah, I, I hope that they mm. find her. I hope that she's just, I hope she's okay. I, I mean, the, you know what I mean? I, I'm hoping for the best, yeah. you know, preparing for the worst. But, uh, yes, uh, our prayers go out to her for sure. Uh, moving on, we got to go into our next top story for sure because there's, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, schools may lose federal funding. Um, we, we definitely got to talk about this because I, I found this very interesting uh, when I found out about this yesterday. Um, Tommy Boy's got the story. Tommy Boy, speak on it. Yeah, uh, President Trump yesterday uh, threatened to hold back federal money if schools don't bring their students back in the fall. Uh, he complained that his own public health officials' safety guidelines are impractical and too expensive. So... Yeah, yesterday he said that he's going to cut off, or he's going to try and cut off federal funding to schools if they don't bring kids back. And then the CDC on the same day released information and said, here's what we need to do to safely bring kids back. And Trump said, yeah, I don't like that. Go work on it some more. Yeah. So he's saying, bring the kids back. Oh, and by the way, the CDC has these guidelines on how to safely do that, but we're not going to do that. So please send your kids back to these less than ideal conditions right that the cdc thinks may be unsafe so (sighs) i mean it's pretty insane that uh to push that narrative to force things to to go that route like by using like a threat basically and uh, teachers that means if the school's open and the teachers decide not to go back they'll lose their jobs yeah and but good luck replacing teachers at this time like i just don't like i understand people like are fearful for their life obviously and going into that situation fearful for the children's lives that they'll be teaching Uh, and and then but if they don't go they don't get money so (laughs) like i I can tell you first 
I can tell you firsthand. I, I've been talking with a friend of mine who's a teacher uh, that's in one of the, like the outer ring schools where kind of the rural area meets the suburban area of our region. And uh, they were they were saying that the school that they teach at is not going to have any mask requirements, not going to be having any sort of social distancing. Like basically they're going to have the kids will be forced to sit in uh, assigned seating so they can contact trace, but that's about it. Hmm. And so now this person is saying, I don't know that I want to teach anymore. I don't know that I want to put myself at that risk. And you know, this person doesn't need to be the breadwinner in the family. They, they have someone else in their family that can kind of take care of things. But, you know, she's like, I don't know that I want to go back into that and put my family at risk. And if we do that, then I'm going to have to put my kid in daycare. And I don't want to put my kid in daycare with a whole bunch of strange kids. So this person's now thinking like, you know, I put all this time and money into, you know, all my certifications and education. But. It's maybe the end of my teaching career now, or at least for a while. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a real thing that's happening. Yeah. I mean, I mean if you're, say, you're hoping your kid gets that good teacher this year, that good teacher may not be teaching anymore. Yeah. It's like if we, if we had fruits and vegetables that were contaminated and they're like, well, they haven't been around long enough. So let's go ahead and put those fruits and vegetables back into their, their food line. Uh, but the CDC says we have to spray it down with vinegar. That's just too much for me. Uh, so, uh, you know, we're just going to go ahead and put them out there. And, you know, 1% is not that bad. And we can, we can deal with 1% one, 1 of kids dying. That's fine. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, how many lawsuits are going to happen if kids are forced to go back to school and if schools start coming down with mass infections? I mean, the, he's comparing opening up schools to other countries that have opened up their schools. Well, those other countries also handled their shutdowns completely different than the U.S. Yeah. So, like, it's comparing apples to oranges. Absolutely. And he just he likes to, to you know pick out the best case scenario in every situation, and only the only the good news out of a thing that doesn't actually represent the entire like scenario. So, <laughs> mm. cherry. I mean, th these guidelines here. I mean, they're they're these aren't crazy guidelines. It says teachers, uh, students, and teachers should wear masks. Uh, whenever feasible, uh, they should spread out desks, stagger schedules, eat meals in classrooms instead of the cafeteria, and add physical barriers between bathroom sinks. I mean, at, according to the CD, according to the Associated Press, those are the CDC guidelines. Mm. I mean, does any of that sound particularly crazy? Um, hmm. Wear a mask, spread out desks. Swagger schedules, eat meals in classrooms, and add physical barriers between sinks. I mean, maybe adding physical barriers between sinks, but what, you can't find a piece of plywood that you can throw up between a couple of sinks? Uh, schools aren't uh, funded fully already, Tom, so to be able to find anything and <laughs> the money for a budget to okay, do Okay, so maybe they can't get the plywood for between the sinks, yeah. sure. <laughs> but, I mean, they can stagger out desks. They can eat meals in classrooms. They can wear masks i don't know yeah uh, and i would like to hear from that uh what devos betsy devos i'd like to hear what her stance is on all this yeah apparently uh somebody just said uh ben gowdy on facebook just commented thank you ben uh said what really what really got me from yesterday was devos or devos whip it into shape okay anyway stating how <laughs> 
is Devo, right? Isn't it Devo? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, was Devo's uh, uh, stating how disappointed she was in distance learning and public school teachers failed. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think some of the mm-hmm. some of the recommendations were for some of the harder hit areas that kids would only go to school like maybe two days a week and then do remote learning for like the other three. Yeah. And yeah, I think even that she was like, no, we can't do that. And, yeah, I mean, how do you do that? How do you do a partial open with people that are still trying to work? So if other people are going to work, like how like the the stress on, on people's schedules that way, if you have uncertainty of when your children are going to be in school, when they have to go and find other sources of people to, to watch them or to be then have to be at home educating their, their children on the other days, like there's a lot more coordination that has to happen than just rather than like, oh, send your kids back to school. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, uh, Tanovane said something that I found very interesting. He said, uh, teachers didn't fail. Their parents aren't making them do homework. And that's very, a very good point. That's a very good possibility. Uh, or the, the students are saying that they're actually doing the schoolwork or actually going and looking at, you know, watching the videos or, you know, going to school online, but they're really not doing that. Maybe they're going off on hi YouTube, you know, checking out this wonderful (laughs) show or they're, you know what I'm saying? Or they're off just goofing off. They're not actually paying attention to what's really going on and what they need to be doing. You know, their attention, uh, you know, to, to classwork maybe is drifting off. Uh, because they're going, okay, what's the point? I'm not even actually in class, so y- they're not going to really know if I'm actually really doing this. So I'll open up another window and act like this is really running, and I'll just watch stuff on the other on other pages while this thing runs. You know what I'm saying? Anything, Anything's possible. Now, yes, I do think that we need to figure out a way to get kids back into school. Absolutely. Personally. I would love to see kids back in school. I think that there are a lot of parents that cannot, especially when this, as our country starts to open up, I mean, it's slowly kind of backtracking right now, obviously, as you already see, there's people, you know, states that are starting to retract uh, certain, uh, uh, certain waves or certain things that they were, they were doing like, okay, bars are open. Wait, nope. No more. Let's reel that back in. Bars are closed. Sorry. Um, So that's actually still going on as well, but eventually States are going to be open again and, of, of course, you know, fully open. And there's a lot of parents that are going to be going back to back to work. So it's a, a concern of like, what do you do when the children are home? Because the fear of covid, what do you do now? You're paying for another person to come in and watch your children who could also get have covid, too. Um, so it's like it's a it's a weird double edged sword of like damned if you do, damned if you don't now. Man, I wish in ways I wish there was a happy medium that we could find where it's like, all right, kids go to school a certain amount of days a week. And I I see what you're saying about that, Jack, your your opposing uh, question. Um, But I think that if there was a way to find some sort of happy medium, uh, that would be fantastic. Or. There's a lot of schools, there's a lot of universities that are doing this right now, too, where students are allowed to take. A certain amount of courses in class, but then a, a, a large percentage of classes online as well. So they don't have to always be on campus putting themselves in harm's way. Now, maybe they can do the same thing, 
I'm not saying that they should approach things like college, but I'm just saying maybe they can do the same thing in regards to maybe there's a certain amount of days that they go into school and there's a certain amount of days that there are, they aren't in school. Um, but like I said, there is no right answer to this situation. Um, but I don't think that there should ever be a warning of, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to remove funding if you don't open your schools. I think that's a little extreme. I think a lot of students and I, I think a lot of schools are trying to open up. They're trying to find a right way to open up their schools without it turning into some sort of ground zero outbreak. You know, so hmm. it's just a matter of trying to figure out what the right way of doing that is. Now, like I said, <laughs> there's so many multiple ways you can do this and there's still you're still going to run into multiple dead ends as well. No matter what, kids are still going to be in each other's face. Germs are still going to pass around. Like I said, it's a double edged sword. It's a damned if, you, damned if you do, damned if you don't. There's a pro and con to every situation you can think about. Now it's just a matter of making a decision and sticking with it and just moving on. And if it causes outbreak, then hey, okay, retract. Right. Pull them, pull them things back as soon as you got a kid who, go, like, here it is. Here's an idea. They do this stuff all the time nowadays, Right. Uh, anytime you walk into a, like I went into a, a workout facility today and they literally took my temperature right when I walked in. Now, I'm not saying that that is the answer to it all. I'm not saying that that, that is the, 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 I'm not sitting here saying that is the, the answer. Okay. But at least it's something. So, you know how you, there, there's a lot of schools that are, that have the uh, metal detectors. And a lot of students don't like that stuff. I get it. But what if they were to do that for every student that walks into the, into the school? A temperature check, not the metal detectors. I'm saying a, a, a temperature check. I mean, that's just something. At least it's something so that kids can go back to school. And if the kids are reading off, like, the, you know, their, their temperature's off than normal, then they go home. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's just a thought. Like I said, Pro and con, double-edged sword, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But at the same time, if we, got, if we need to get schools back up and running, we got to figure out solutions ASAP, Rocky. So anyway, comment down below. Let me know what you think. I would love to hear what you think about that. I mean, there's, like I said, there's no surefire way of a, a, a sterile, a, a sterile uh, approach to opening these schools. You know, unless everybody comes in in full on hazmat suits every day and sits in a in a bubble. And I don't think a lot of schools are going to be able to afford that kind of stuff. So hmm. comment down below and let us know what you think. I'd like to know. Well, I don't know. It's probably the NRA pushing for it. You know, they haven't gotten much publicity lately because there hasn't been any school shootings. Oh, oh, dear God. <laughs> Oh, good Lord, Jack. <laughs> even, even to me, that's a little extreme. Okay? Damn, Jack. Damn. But they just this year, they wanted to start, you know, arming all of the teachers, and now they lost that chance. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and now, all the money. 
Here's the thing. The, moving on from that terrible, terrible yeah. comment. Um, <laughs> Jack, how dare you? Uh, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> I'm totally playing. Anyway, Tano Vane just Shame. said something. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Um, Tano Vane just said something, uh, which I found very interesting. Outdoor classes. He said outdoor classes in, in places that can do uh, that can do. What? Outdoor classes uh, in places that can do some help. Um, I went to a college in Pittsburgh, uh, and why, uh, and classes would often be held in, uh, out on the greens. Now that's another idea, but I'm telling you this, what if you live in Buffalo, New York in the winter where it's winter seven months out of the year, pretty much. Then you get summer and then you get cold all over again. So <laughs> there's just a lot of there's just a lot of questions that would pop up like you can't really. What if it rains outside? What if there's a storm? There's a lot of things. Yes, you could do classes outside. Absolutely. But then every student would be outside in the blazing heat and the blazing sun. See what I'm saying? You're putting yourself, you're putting your son, you're putting your child into a a, a, a uh, extreme weather conditions and I don't know if that would entirely work. Now, college is a different story. They might do it every once in a while because you got that cool teacher with his rope sandals going, hey, you know, I'm hip with it. Let's go outside. You know, he's got his long Jesus hair and he's like, let's go sit by the tree while I tell you about the world. And let's talk about history under the sun. Talk about life with blades of grass underneath your feet. Now, I get that. But it's every once in a blue moon. It's not every single day. So. Unless you do something where it is, <laughs> you do, uh, I don't even know what they're called, but you do those roof-covered patio-type things. A gazebo. Like a gazebo. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. But a large, large enough for students to sit down and have classes outdoors. That's another option, but at the same time, you're still dealing with weather conditions as well. It's out in the open, you know, so the wind is blowing and all that, but you're also having to deal still with extreme weather conditions. So, not a bad idea, but that's kind of once in a blue moon. It's, it, to me, that's like icing on the cake. You know what I'm saying? It's like candy. You know those days when your teacher comes in and goes, hey, you know, your, grade school I'm talking about. This is not like college, but <laughs> grade school, your, kid, your, your teacher's like, I make cupcakes for you kids. And it's like, ah, cupcakes. And it's just like once a semester, it's kind of like that with the outdoor type thing. We're going to go outside and we're going to learn. <gasps> what? Cupcakes. Once a, once, once a semester. So not a bad idea, but. And then also, uh, Mr. Mr. Super said something very, very good. He has a good point. Kids are allergic to outside nowadays. There's a lot of kids right. with allergies all over the place with them damn hormones that they're pumping into our meat and milk and water. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I think he was milk, more so going you know towards I mean? like the kids are stuck on their video games and abs and they, they'd they rather be inside than outside. Uh, and the schools also have, you know, cut back on recess to where like it's, it's very limited the amount of time the kids actually get to go and be outside in general at schools nowadays. Um, and they've, you know, actually have full on like PE in some schools is just not even available. Uh, so it's a... Um, you know, physical activity is really important for children up to a, a certain age. I mean, physical activity is important for everybody. Yeah. But you know, taking that away as well, because they plan to have kids sit down in a school 
and not move from their seats all day long. And they don't get to go and have recess. They don't get to go. They're eating their lunch at, at their desk. Yeah. I mean, it's come here, sit down for eight hours, and then go home. So, I mean, it's a... Uh, I don't know. It just is kind of preparing them for the real world. Yeah. <laughs> Except yeah. it'll be more like 10 or 12 hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, and the indoctrination, right? Yes. Yeah. Can I get on our your soul before you <laughs> hit right. your. Yeah. Now, you know, nowadays it's like, wait, I got to do what? You're telling me I got to take this basketball and put it through that hoop during what? We're, how do not, I hit a? Yeah. Like what? <laughs> yeah. A, A, B, B, up, up, down, down, up, 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 down, down. A, A, B, B. You know what I'm saying? Flawless victory. Like it's what's funny to me is that a lot of kids nowadays. Yeah, they're they're interested in doing that Fortnite. They're interested in doing those other things. Now, if there is a way that they could do classwork while playing Fortnite. Wow. Now, that's a that's a little spin. People would be playing Mm -hmm. that like a mug, man. Make make learning make learning fun. Wow. What a concept, right? (laughs) What a concept. Uh, What were you going to say, Jack? I was reading one article that said that um, children under the age of nine uh, haven't developed yet this, the amount of receptors that they have found that a lot of the, like the COVID attaches to. Mm. Uh, and so they said that most children under nine have been found to be less susceptible to it unless they have some kind of underlying thing if, that they have di- diabetes or, you know, uh, something like that to where it may cause them to have um, more, uh, you know, they mean less immune to it. And so, but children under nine supposedly don't have as many of these receptors. So they're less likely to be able to get these complications that, that we see in the adults. But you do have to remember that up in New York, they had a series of batches of kids where they're coming in and saying that they had a varied syndrome, syndrome looking like the Kawasaki syndrome, which is basically like an inflammatory disease of your veins. And these kids were complaining about, you know, phantom pains throughout their entire body. Mm. Um, and they were having swelling uh, inflammation throughout their, their entire body. Uh, and and they, these children had, had had COVID. So there may not be as many deaths from COVID, but their kids are still having serious complications from it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I don't know what I'd do if my, you know, six-year-old or four-year-old or eight-year-old got uh and got sick and then had, you know, pains throughout their bodies that we couldn't do anything for them for. And a lot of these things are things that happen like throughout their life. So, you know, if you have it at a really young age and it impacts your body, there can be serious complications that you have for the rest of your life. And so, I mean, I, I think it's, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the kids, the kids are safe. You know, that's all we want. We want our kids to be safe. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, that's most definitely what we want for sure. I mean, and, and the thing is, is like we said before, you know, there is no solidified answer to this question. I think it's going to be a, a matter of, unfortunately, having our kids being put out into our class into classrooms and basically they're going to be guinea pigs. Unfortunately, yep. If if we're gonna need, if they need, if if they're saying that they're taking away federal funding for schools if they don't open, that means we gotta open those schools. And unfortunately, we gotta find a happy medium or something. And yeah, unfortunately, these kids are gonna be guinea pigs, and it sucks. It really sucks. We're gonna be learning and making a lot of mistakes and learning from those mistakes through our children and that is messed up but 
We got to do what Trump's we got to do. Does Donald Trump's son go to school? Does Barron go to school? He probably gets. Or is he? He, he probably gets like private, private school. Yeah, I think he yeah. gets private schooling. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming. I'm assuming. It's a lot easier he, to make that decision for everybody else's family when your family's not in the same situation. Right. Right. Yeah. Facts. Figgity facts. Anyway, comment down below. Let us know what you think. We got to jump into a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Wonder Years and this new reboot with a twist. We'll be right back. This is the Pascal Show. Bye. Hey, welcome, welcome back, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And like I always say, if this is your first time checking out the show, please go crush that subscribe button down below. That would really mean a lot. We do this show Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Central Standard Time. And also, if you're enjoying the conversation, please go crush that like button down below. That would really mean a lot as well. We got to jump into some more information that, you know, there's some more political things that we got to talk about as well. Um, so we should jump into those things. Um, there was a SCOTUS ruling that uh, we just heard about live on the show. Thank you to Mr. Super and everyone who's talking down below to our Pascal Show family. I appreciate y'all. Um, so we're going to talk about that. And we have some more information. Jack, what's a Guan, man? So it looks like the Supreme Court has uh, made a ruling on some of Trump's tax returns, uh, at least the subpoenas regarding um, the Manhattan court trying to get the tax returns saying that yes the Manhattan court can subpoena for them that does not mean that the tax returns are going to be over you know turned over right away mm-hmm. um, it just is a next step in that process uh, although that uh, Supreme Court said that Congress cannot get the, ta- the tax returns uh, that has been sent back down to a lower court to to argue again uh, so there's still a variety of uh, you know pending lawsuits that will go on. Uh, and discussions within a court with a judge and uh, to go over all these things and see where the precedent lays and uh, who, you know, gets their stuff shielded or not. So the uh, but Manhattan, I mean, they have a lot of stuff that they're looking into with uh, related to banking and um, and other charges that they've, they've put against Trump. So uh, if they can get this information and then be able to show that, um, you know, the banks that he was working with, uh, and if he can, they can link any type of money laundering or any type of uh, falsifying of documents. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've had testi- you know, testified people that said that um, you know real estate uh, valuations were inflated in one, in one books and then used on different taxes for other books, and so numbers were, were manipulated. Uh, almost like there's two two Trump tax returns that you know <laughs> one that he he uses to. Uh, you know, get get off with less taxes, and then other one that he uses to be able to get stuff from the banks, uh, and that's the you know where they have been following uh, discrepancies along the way. Um, so, uh, what was his uh, his attorney that testified and then uh, got released? Um, I'm trying to remember his name. But he when he testified in front of um, the. Uh, it was a Congress, uh, and he's the one that said, "Oh yeah, Trump inflates numbers on uh, these books, and then he goes uh, to the banks to get money, and then well, on the tax returns, he drastically states them as being less." Uh, so you know, those are the things they're looking into. But I mean, Trump will go to jail, you know, if if Manhattan gets a hold of him. I believe. I mean, it, it's they have a laundry list of things that they're trying to put, push against him, mm-hmm. and if he gets pulled into court, now obviously appeals can be put in, and um, you know that can push things back a long way, uh, and obviously Trump is a expert at lawsuits. 
I guess you can say. <laughs> yeah, if there's if, if there is anything that he is the most bestest at, it would be lawsuits. <laughs> so, uh, although it seems like he's had to settle or has lost a lot of these lawsuits. I mean, Trump University, his charity. Yeah. Um, but if you look at all his construction lawsuits and money he has not paid out, he's probably doing okay. Yeah, so, that's, that's a good point. He's Fair like, point. oh, you're a small business? Yeah, I want to hire you. Also, I'm not going to pay you for 97 years because I'm going to put you in paperwork beyond your, your years. So, yeah. I don't know. Trump, I mean, he really, the only way that Trump will not go to jail is if he wins a second term. That's right. That is the only way. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty why, much. That's maybe why he's, you know, obviously desperately working feverishly towards his campaign and trying to keep so he doesn't get <laughs> thrown in jail, you know, and thrown right. in prison, you know. Um, and obviously he responds clearly. on Twitter uh, and and uh, he says uh, the Supreme Court sends a case back to lower court arguments to continue. This is a political prosecution. I won the Mueller witch hunt and others, and now I have to keep fighting in a politically corrupt New York. Not fair to this presidency or administration. Uh, courts in the past have given broad uh, deference, but not me. Mm. So, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously we will definitely be keeping an eye on that as the story continues, as the story grows, because I'm sure... This is just the tip of the iceberg, my brothers and sisters. We have just begun. We've only just begun. You know what I'm saying? It's only the beginning. So we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Moving on to this other conversation. This is something also very interesting as well. The mayor of Seoul, South Korea, just went missing, y'all. Tommy Boy. He got the story. Speak on it, brother. This is really, really strange. So weird. Um, yeah, um, I guess the mayor of South Korea has been reported missing by his daughter. His daughter reported him missing, I guess, yesterday at 5.17 p.m. Uh, she said his phone was turned off and that he had left a message like a will for her. Yep. Um, he left his home yesterday at 1040 in the morning wearing a black hat and backpack, having canceled a policy meeting that mm -hmm. was scheduled. I guess this is all it's hard to tell because of the time change and everything. I guess this is, you know, kind of today, yesterday. I don't know. It's <laughs> with the time zone. I don't know. Right. But this is all happening as we speak. Uh, hundreds of South Korean police are using drones and dogs searching for the longtime mayor of Seoul, South Korea. Homeboy. He was considered mm. to be a leading candidate for the Democratic Party in South Korea for their upcoming 2022 presidential elections. He's been mayor of Seoul, South Korea since 2011. I mean, this is a, like a big, this is like, I don't know, this would be like the mayor of New York City just up and ghosting. Right. And leaving a will for his daughter through a cell phone text. Oh, crazy. Do you, do you see that it was amid sexual harassment allegations? I did not see that. Ooh, yeah. yeah, that's this is all. That's also interesting information as well. That's a nice little little curveball into this mix. And let <laughs> me let me just say this though, real quick. Regardless of the information you just told us, Jack, which is good information, you know for the fact, homeboy was going off the grid. You're telling me he was done in a in a black cap and a uh, in a backpack. Homeboy was going off the grid. 
He probably either got an offer he couldn't refuse, like somebody threatened his life, or he realized that, oh, yeah, maybe maybe it is the sexual allegations, the sexual misconduct allegations that he's like, man, I'm going to be going to jail for a really, really long time. It's time for me to uh, straight up go Houdini on everybody. Gone. Mm. I'm telling you, he ghosted everybody, bro. Yes, he did. He ghosted everybody. He ain't kidnapped. He ain't missing. He knows exactly where he is. He has no phone. He left a will uh, voicemail. Bruh, did something really, really scandalous, and he's trying to just disappear. It's going to be hard for him to do that, though. Let's keep it real. He's the mayor of Seoul, South Korea. How far is he going to be able to get? A, how far is he going to be able to get? No, he's not trying to go anywhere. He's going to go. Yeah, I think he's killing himself. I mean, oh, you he's leaving so? that will. I'm going to say he's probably killing himself. I was just thinking like he was about to just straight up ghost, like not no. not do anything, not do anything extreme, like you know, do something as extreme as suicide. But I, I was thinking that he was going to just straight up disappear, maybe get on a boat, boat somewhere else, live a life somewhere else. You see what I'm saying? Be be another name. You know what I mean? Some Bruce Banner stuff. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Hulk that stuff. Just you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. But maybe I don't know he is. How maybe much he can really disappear. But maybe he, that's what I'm saying. But maybe he is trying to off himself. I don't know. That's terrible. But what were we gonna say, Jack? So the Seoul-based SBS television network reported that one of Park's secretaries had lodged a complaint with police on Wednesday night of alleged sexual harassment, such as unwanted physical contact, that began in 2017. Uh, the SBS report, which didn't cite any source, said the secretary told police investigators that an unspecified number of other female employees at Seoul City Hall had suffered similar sexual harassment by Park. Uh, so, And then that follows up with Park did not come to work on Thursday, the day after, uh, for unspecified reasons, and had canceled all his schedule, including a meeting with the presidential official at his Seoul City Hall office. So, yeah, if he is now going to get in trouble over multiple years of sexual harassment, um, and he's got a family, yeah, he took off, and if he's leaving a, a will-like you know, message, they said that they last tracked his cell phone uh, into the wooded hills stretching across northern Seoul where his yeah. cell phone signal was last detected. Mm. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like he's going off to commit suicide. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you never know. You see what I'm saying? There's this I've seen you've seen enough movies where they can you can just get gone. You can you can disappear. I know that's a crazy idea, but you never know. Maybe maybe well, I don't maybe know. maybe he threw out some money. Of... Maybe he threw out some money to get some different IDs and all that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's gonna go live out, you know, live off the fat of the land for five seconds while he grows out his hair and grows out a beard, and then he'll go back into society and try to leave the country. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm trying to think on a positive end, and I'm thinking yeah. like this. I'm thinking like this is some uh, Mission Impossible ish. But real talk, you never know. You know what I mean? Hopefully he doesn't do anything crazy like that. But and I don't know how he is as a as a leader, uh, you know, as the mayor of, of Seoul, South Korea. He, he might be a tyrant. I don't know. But at the same time, it would be really terrible to hear him trying to do something as uh, as crazy as uh, suicide. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I keep he thinking that, uh, he's just trying to do something like that. He went into the security cameras climb at 1053 going into the hills. Uh, and six hours before, the daughter called him and reported him missing. And about 600 police and fire officers using drones searched unsuccessfully for hours Thursday evening. Uh, so they're using dogs to search dangerous areas on the hills, and helicopters deployed Friday morning. Uh, so damn, or will be de de deployed tomorrow. So I mean, it's uh, 
is I, I, I yes, I think we should all be hopeful. Just the same thing for for Naya and for and for him. Let's all put the good graces out in the in the ether and that they both come back. Yeah. 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 I'm 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 hopeful. That's 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 all I'm gonna say. I'm I'm hopeful. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm hopeful. But like I said, this could be some MI five type ish. Real talk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Weirder th- I've heard weirder things. Weirder things have happened. Uh, but anyway, we got to move on to this other thing. Speaking of weird, this is a little bit of a left term, guys, but I'm going to tell you guys this story because this is very interesting. This has to do with Sasha Baron Cohen, y'all. Another prank. But guess who he was trying to do a prank on? Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani called the police after an absurd Sasha Baron Cohen interview prank. Yes. Uh, so Sasha Baron Cohen obviously is up to something. He's clearly doing some stuff in regards to his show. He's doing some, he's getting, he's getting material. Okay. For his, his HBO show. Um, it's HBO, right? Isn't it HBO? I believe so. Yeah, it's HBO. Um, but anyway, um, as you are, as we already know, he was at a far right rally where he was, uh, getting people in that rally to participate in a racist sing-along. Um, and of course, you know, he got, they, they caught him, they, they kicked him out, all that. Now he was doing, he conducted his, his team conducted a interview on uh, July 7th uh, at Mark Hotel at the Mark hotel in New York city. And uh, page six reports that uh, Rudy Giuliani uh, who obviously uh, serves as personal attorney to Donald Trump, uh, believed he was going to be interviewed by, about the White House's response to the coronavirus pandemic. The former mayor said he agreed to donate the money being offered for the interview to Stephen Siler's, uh, Stephen Siller's tunnel to uh, Towers uh, Foundation. Uh, so he was in the middle of this interview, uh, which was being conducted by a female interview with a professional. And he says, and I quote, uh, with a professional setup of lights and camera. And a man came storming in wearing in an outrageous outfit. The former mayor told the publication, this guy comes running in wearing a crazy what I would say a was a pink transgender outfit. It was a pink bikini with lace uh, underneath with with a translucent mesh top it looked absurd he had a he had the beard bare legs and uh wasn't what i would call distractingly attractive so once he started he at first giuliani said that he didn't realize that it was sasha baron cohen um and so, uh, so the, this person comes in, he says, he, this person comes in yelling and screaming, and I thought this must be a scam or a shakedown. So I reported it to the police. He then ran away. Uh, I later realized it must have been Sasha Baron Cohen. I thought about it. I thought about all the people he previously fooled, and I felt good about myself because he didn't get me. And of course, the story keeps going on and on. But uh, yeah, so Sasha Baron Cohen was trying to prank Rudy Giuliani. Um, I mean, I feel like it was an, I feel like it was a, a, a successful prank. I mean, even if you get five seconds of it, you know what I'm saying? As far as the footage goes, it, it, it's still successful, still a success. Cause he still sat down and got interviewed by that female interviewer thinking that it was a full on, just 
a professional type of MSNBC, CNN type of Fox News type interview. You see what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden he comes barging in. So, yeah, he got got. Rudy Giuliani got got. <laughs> so Sasha Baron Cohen is out here. He, he's pranking people. He's trying to get some things happening. And, uh, yeah, that he really uh, he pissed off Rudy Giuliani so much that he called the cops on him. <laughs> there you go. Sasha Baron uh, Cohen at his best, y'all. Under California's uh, thing that was being pushed that we were talking about yesterday, uh, would Rudy Giuliani be able to be prosecuted for calling into the cops for somebody dressed as a transgender, as oh, he said? No. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah. That, that Are we be... trying to say that Rudy Giuliani's a Karen? Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, I don't, I don't think that's a Karen act. I don't think that covers the Karen act. You feel me? I don't think that covers it. You know, he, he literally just got, he got got. Like I said, yeah. he got got hard, you know. Hey, well, what's the like, what is he calling the cops on? Like, for what? Right. Somebody was That's dressed a in a bikini and came in my room. <laughs> He's angry. He was just angry. Right. He felt he felt bamboozled. You know what I mean? I can see it. I mean, I mean, I'm not sitting here justifying him calling the cops. I think it's ridiculous too. But at the same time, I guess maybe he was just kind of like, "Well, how dare you? I'm going to call the cops." <laughs> When the guy didn't even yeah. do anything, Sasha Baron Cohen didn't do anything. The only thing he did to him was made made him waste his time, Rudy Giuliani's time. You see what I'm saying? The only thing that was yeah. wasted or violated was his time. So I wouldn't think so. It's not like he. I mean, as far as I know, he didn't touch him or anything of that sort. Right. He was just dressed in a bikini with lace on. With his hairy ass legs and stuff, you know, with a full on beard, just being Sasha Baron Cohen. Kind of like, reminds me of uh, that bit he did in the Bruno movie with Rand Paul, mm -hmm. where like he invited Rand Paul back into like the hotel's bedroom, like turned <sighs> out the lights on him. Oh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> oh my god! Seems like a maybe a similar bit. I don't know. Uh, just from two days ago, a federal judge now is allowing Roy Moore, who was a, the um, the Alabama chief justice that mm -hmm. uh, Sasha Barry Corn pulled like a, a same similar type of stunt on uh, where he did an interview with them, but then uh, acting like he was like a general from another country yeah. and pulled out a wand saying they had new technology that could detect pedophiles from their sweat. <laughs> and uh, what we did in front of them and it went off. Uh, and so... <laughs> uh, they oh uh, are suing for $95 million defamation lawsuit has been filed <laughs> by him and his more and his wife and uh, U.S. District Judge Andrew Carter denied the motion to dismiss by Baron uh, Cohen. So uh, that will be set to go forward. Um, they were saying that, you know, obviously there's a 14 year old uh, that said that Moore sexually molested her um, mm. and Moore has repeatedly denied the allegations. Mm. Um but there is that whole thing about, you know, him getting reelected and everything. So uh, wasn't he like banned from a mall for, for like checking out underage girls? Yeah, there was a whole bunch of things that were all laid out. And everyone's like, yeah, it seems like he did it. Uh, but there's no like physical proof. And this was like the beginning of the Me Too stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I think if this girl came out now, it'd be different than, you know, even two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or three years ago. So, um, yeah. 
that's uh, definitely an interesting thing for him to see. You know, uh, where does uh, satirical comedy? How how far can it have covering of like against legal process? Right? How far can you go before the you know being a satirical artist? Uh, when does it stop covering your <laughs> your actions? Right. So, yeah. But he's got some money, and he's got people behind him. And I imagine if HBO is having is doing the whole thing, then HBO would be included in the lawsuit. Uh, you know, it, with Giuliani, if he were to have a lawsuit put in there. Well, well HBO's I, got cash. I, I was going to say, uh, you know, uh, Sasha is going to see a lot of lawsuits, no matter what. I mean, I feel like that just goes, that just comes with the territory of being Sasha Baron Cohen. He's going right. to be dealing with all that stuff, and I'm sure he's got the backing, and you know he got the monies, so he's going to be all right. Homeboy's mm-hmm. going to be all right, you know. Yeah. I ain't worried about him, you know. No. It, even if it is five seconds of a prank, still he's got that five seconds forever, you know. And it's hilarious, you know. I can't wait to see it myself. I want to see it for myself. Real talk. Yeah. <laughs> I want to oh. hear the, the the call transcript into the police from Giuliani. Oh, good God! <laughs> Ooh, I would love to hear that. You know some transgender trans man was you know what i mean oh god that'd be hilarious just to hear <laughs> i also thoughts. saw i Go also ahead. saw in this article where they said that uh uh rudy giuliani said he was a fan of sasha baron cohen and, <laughs> and that at one point he adopted a borat accent to quote a line from borat i want to hear rudy giuliani's borat impersonation that's, oh, that's yeah, what but did you see the line that he said too i i did i did yeah <laughs> what was the line that he said Oh, is that line about, you know, this is my sister. She's oh, the yeah. number four prostitute in Kazakhstan. Oh, yes. dear God. So he, he's a fan, apparently. Yeah. Apparently he is, yeah. Oh, so you're a fan. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on to some other interesting news as well. Uh, the Wonder Years is about to be, re- they're about to do a reboot of The Wonder Years. And this one's going to be very interesting because there's going to be a twist with the Wonder Years. Now, it's going to be a full cast, a full black cast, doing a reboot of the Wonder Years. What a guan, Tom. Yeah, uh, ABC uh, has handed a pilot production commitment to uh, a reboot of the Wonder Years that will be done with an African-American cast. Uh, It comes from Dave, executive producer Saladin K. Patterson, Empire co-creator Lee Daniels, and the original series breakout star Fred Savage and 20th Century Fox TV. It's going to take place in Montgomery, Alabama, I guess, in the late 60s. And it will kind of focus on what it was like to be an African-American during the Civil Rights Movement in Montgomery, Alabama. But I guess it'll kind of, I you know, I guess somehow still have some of that same feel of um, the Wonder Years. Yeah. Which... I mean, I, I remember it was a great show. What would you do if I sing out of tune? Come on. It's going to be great. Um, I'm, yeah, excited gonna, about, I'm excited about it because also it's, you said it's, uh, it's, it's going to be in Montgomery, uh, Alabama, correct? Is that what yeah, you just said? Yeah, it'll be yes. in Montgomery, Alabama during the late 60s. During the late 60s. So there's a lot of things that happened in the late 60s during that time and in that area as well. So I'm very excited to see what they do with it all. I think... Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. It's about damn time. I'm excited about that. I'm really, really excited yeah. about that because there's really not a show out there, at least when we were growing up during those times, they, there really wasn't anything like that showing a black family dealing with 
civil rights movement, Vietnam War. I mean, there's so many different things, right. you know, the, the assassination of JFK uh, and then being able to have a different perspective of that would be really amazing. Wouldn't it be amazing if they were able to cross those universes together in a way? I know that'd be a weird techni technological thing, but it'd be really cool to see those, those, that wonder years from what we saw to this wonder years being able to share the same universe if that makes any sense you know you have the the, yeah, the white the white family's version you know of wonder years and then you have the black family's version of wonder years and if if oh man it'll be really cool to see how they coexist under the same in the same universe i know i'm thinking really outside the box like i'm going kanye on this on this piece but mm -hmm. th that would be dope to see if they could actually do that you know, um, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see that because it's about time we start seeing some other shows, you know, that are. I mean, I wish it wasn't a reboot of a show, you know, like a copy of a copy of a copy. But I am very uh, excited to just see that that different perspective. Um, and we need to see that perspective. You know, maybe it's more in a lighter, you know, Wonder Yearsy type of feel. Uh, not I'm not sitting here saying super whimsical but raw mm -hmm. and honest with a little bit of whimsical in there, you know? Right. So I'm uh, excited. It's, it's interesting to see. They, they dropped uh, all this information on Fred Savage's birthday. He turns <laughs> oh, 44 nice. today. That's yeah. I didn't realize how woke Fred Savage was. Like yeah. I was just looking up his, his like, like latest like credits. He's like in blackish yeah. uh, recently. And now he's uh, reviving a, a series that he was on to, and like being part of a remake to mm -hmm. and make it about the black community and yeah, way uh, to go, Fred. Yeah. yeah, didn't he direct uh, like God, I can't remember what it was a Daddy Day Camp or something like that. Daddy Daycare. You talking about yeah. the you talking about the Eddie Murphy movie? Yeah, he Daddy directed Daycare. That. I think he did. Yeah. yeah, Daddy Day Camp. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy Day Camp. Not not one of not a not one of uh, Eddie Murphy's best, but <laughs> hey hey, it's a great family movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a great family yeah. movie. Uh, people enjoy yeah. it a lot. You know? Shoot, wasn't there some kid that was always wearing a Flash outfit? Yeah, Flash costume. Mm. And they were looking for the kid. Where's Flash? Where's Flash? And they're looking for him everywhere, only to find out that they he was he just finally decided to take off his stinky costume finally i don't know stupid stupid memories stupid memory, memories but anyway <laughs> all i'm saying is um from that movie but uh other than that i mean it, it's really cool to see them do something like this and also there's also another piece of information okay now you know that um ruby oh, i forgot her last name ruby something uh she's an australian actress she was uh playing the part of Batwoman on CW's Batwoman. A few months, uh, a few weeks ago, she stepped down from the actual uh, part. Ruby Rose. Her name's Ruby yep. Rose. Um, she stepped down from the part, and now they're giving it to an African American woman. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I, I think it's going to be really dope too. Um, it's, it's sprinkle a little bit more diversity up in this piece, man. So, uh, yeah. 
I, f- I don't remember her name, to be honest, but uh, they're going to be playing. She's going to be playing. It is uh, Javicia Leslie. Yes, Javicia Leslie. She will be perform. She'll be portraying the new Batwoman on the CW series. So hmm. I'm ex- I'm actually really excited about that because I don't think that there are many CW shows that have black lead characters. Aside from All-American, there really isn't a whole lot of black leads on CW. It's very, very One Tree Hillish and Dawson Creekish, if you get what I, if you get my drift. So a uh, lot of blonde hair, blue eyed. Nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, I'm I'm happy that they're bringing, starting to bring in some more diversity into everything now. You that's, know, that's funny. He said the blonde hair, blue eyed. So they're that's typically you think Germany, right? And uh, Javicia Leslie is a 33-year-old German-born actress. So they're still sticking with the German, German-based. <laughs> but she's, but she black. <laughs> she is black. She is of African descent. Okay. She might be fluent in German. German, that'd be cool. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she throws in, you know, sie bleiben zu Hause, you know? Nein. You know what I mean? Oh, God. <laughs> I know a little German. There's, no, hey, there's nothing wrong with knowing some German. It's important. Yeah. You know, diversify your languages, my brothers and sisters. Diversify. You know, you never know what doors open when you do that. You know, that's true. Um, but anyway, let's move on to another thing. You know, um, Tommy, uh, what else we got going on in the world, man? Yeah, I guess there's this uh, there's this petition going around uh, that has uh, 150 signature on 150 signatures on it. This is a uh, a this is a petition to end cancel culture and really? it's going around. It's got a lot of people's signatures on it. Uh, uh, JK Rowling, who's come under fire for a lot of her uh, posts about transgender rights has signed onto it. Salman Rushdie, of course, the author, Margaret Atwood, uh, creator of the handmaid's tale. She signed onto it. Um, really? Malcolm Gladwell. Like there are a lot of uh, artists, uh, and intellectuals, writers, journalists that, yeah. that have signed on to this uh, petition calling for the end of cancel culture. They say that it stifles, uh, you know, good faith disagreement and debate. So it seems like there's being there's some pushback coming there. Of course, many people that are uh, attacking this petition going around right now. But of course. A peti- yeah, but. It, it's cancel, going cancel culture. Yes. <laughs> right. That, that's really, really funny. Um, now, hmm. It's interesting. What, what, what motivates that? Okay, I can understand J.K. Rowling. I, I can understand her motivations behind it because she is literally getting canceled like a mug right now because she keeps talking. She keeps saying things about, uh, you know, uh, just... <sighs> She keeps putting out transphobic tweets and she never backs them up. Like she never retracts them. She never tries to justify herself. She just keeps digging a a, a more deeper hole on Twitter with her with her comments and her tweets. Now, so I understand that piece. But Margaret Atwood, of all people, that's she. Here it is. She writes The Handmaid's Tale. The Handmaid's Tale, y'all. Do you even know what that sh- that movie that show is about? What the book is even about? 
And she's writing and she's typing. Hmm. It's kind of like an oxymoron to me. Mm-hmm. For, for especially the person who is the author of a book of a series that basically is talking about changing things that like the, the, the possibility of a, of, of a different type of world, you know, a, a different type of government that seems like America is slowly starting to march towards. So of all people, I don't mean to single her out or anything. Just seems very weird to me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the uh, the petition says that they applaud a recent reckoning on racial justice, but argue that uh, some of what's come out of it has stifled uh, open debate. Uh, the letter denounces what they call a vogue for public shaming and ostracism and a blinding moral certainty. So. Hmm. You know, it, it's not like they're saying, you know, everybody should be able to say whatever hateful, awful thing they want to say. They're right. more saying that people are allowed to have different opinions and, you know, they don't want to stifle debate. I think, let's see, who else is on this thing? Noam Chomsky signed on to it. Malcolm Gladwell. Um, Barry White, David Brooks, Jesse Signal. Did you say Barry yeah. White? Barry I'm kidding. Weiss. I was like, him did. <laughs> <laughs> Barry White. Hey, baby. <laughs> Yeah, Gloria Steinem has signed on to it. Gary Kasparov. Um, yeah. There's, I mean, it seems wow. to be a lot of people that are, that are kind of coming out against the cancel culture. So interesting. It's interesting right. to see, you know, yeah. it, it, are there it, very it, many colored uh, names on there or people of color or anybody that we know that is not white? <laughs> did, did you just say, uh, let's did, see. Wait, there hold is... up. Hold up. Did you just say colored? I, went, I was trying to say the uh, people of color's name, colored names, uh, colored, uh, not white. I was, I was getting at is not white. I, my phrasing names came out of appropriately. color. Names of color. That's what I was looking for. Yes. Okay. Oh, not kicked in. I apologize for the phrasing I use. You know my intention of what I was trying to say. It's all good. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really seeing uh, anybody specifically uh you know that's that's not white on here off the top of my head that's not to say that there aren't Makes but sense. uh hmm? well so here's the thing um i would love to hear what you guys think comment down below let me know what you think what do you guys think guys tom what do you think i mean yeah i mean i think you know i don't think people should necessarily be canceled for a lot of things that they say. I, I think the idea of cancel culture where we just write somebody off entirely. I mean, I think sometimes it's necessary if that person says something extremely offensive. I mean, you can't just go out and start saying openly racist stuff and expect to have a job the next day. But at the same time, you know, if people have a dissenting view on a cultural issue and it's not flagrantly racist or sexist or transphobic or that sort of thing, then I think they should remain in the conversation. I mean, if we're going to come to, you know, an agreement as a culture on where we stand on a moral issue, we need to have debates on these things. Otherwise, we just set up, you know, our, 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 our moral framework on pretty flimsy ground. So I think, I think good debate is necessary. I do worry that this kind of, the anti-cancel culture will then extend to people who are, saying things that would have gotten them canceled in any time in history. Mm. You know, yeah, that's, that's kind of my thought on it is, 
some things you need to be canceled for. Some things are so racist or so hurtful that it's like, okay, you're going to lose your job now and we're probably never going to hear from you again. But sometimes I, I think little slip ups or people that just have a differing opinion that falls outside of, you know, the traditional kind of liberal Hollywood way of thinking, I think they should be allowed to stay in and stay in the debate. It makes, it makes where we land on the issues that much stronger. Yeah. If that Jack, makes sense. Jack, what do you think? Uh, I was just reading like the uh, part of the, what the letter actually says. Uh, the free exchange of information and ideas, the lifeblood of a liberal society, is daily becoming more constricted. While we have come to expect this on the radical right, uh, censorousness is also spreading more widely in our culture. An intolerance of opposing views, a vogue of public shaming and ostracism, and the tendency to dissolve complex policy issues is a blinding moral certainty. We uphold the value of robust and even caustic counterspeech from all quarters. It is now all too common to hear calls for swift and severe retribution in response to perceived transgressions of speech and thought. Uh, more troubling still, institutional leaders in a spirit of panic damage control are delivering hasty and disproportionate punishments instead of considered reforms. We are already paying the price in great risk aversion among writers, artists, and journalists who fear for their livelihoods. If they depart for the, sen- the consensusness, or consensus or, or even lack of sufficient zeal and agreement, uh, just saying, basically, it's a stifling atmosphere that's being created and rarely hurts those who lack power and makes everyone less capable of democratic participation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's everything's got to be taken by a case-by-case situation, right? I right. mean, having a blind... I mean, this is kind of saying they're putting a letter out there. As a, I don't understand how this could be... Like, this is just a statement. Like, I don't see any action that could be taken off of this. Like, I don't, I don't see, like, a, a next steps type of situation. I, this is just a whole bunch of people that are upset that they're being criticized and then they don't want to defend themselves or can't come up with a way to defend themselves and make it sound like they are in a positive light. And it's, like, it's really hard to, you know, say something to make you look good if a group of people think that what you said is really bad. So, like, right. uh, you know, and it's, uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know, I mean, the reason I was asking if it was all white people on the list because it sounds like a, a racist trying to defend themselves. Right. I don't know that I'd go that far with it, but, you know, I, I agree with you. It should be on a case-by-case basis. But, I mean, look at, like, Salman Rushdie. I mean, if you want to talk about cancel culture, Salman Rushdie was living that well before any of these people. I mean, that guy had death threats on him after he wrote the sat- Satanic Verses. He had to basically go into hiding because there was a fatwa on him. But uh, no, I don't want to say that everybody that signed on to this thing is a racist uh, or is, is trying to, like, cover up racist views. I, th- I think some of the people on here are definitely good faith. Uh, people have a good faith disagreement with where maybe the culture may be headed right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what can really become of this. Again, there's, as Jack was saying, there's no uh, goals outlined. There's no, like, forward, you know, there's no end goal here to this. It's just kind of saying, let's take a step back before we totally cancel people for uh, disagreement. You know, and, and I probably don't agree with most of these people, <laughs> to be totally honest with you. But, you know, you can't just silent dissent, I don't think. Right. If if it if it if it's if it's well intentioned, 
I mean, if someone's just out there spreading hate, then yeah, they should be canceled. But yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I think that there's, uh, there's a fine line, um, with a lot of things nowadays. Um, I don't think that there's, I mean, I personally don't think that there, there's a need to sign a petition of some sort, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I'm on the fence about it, to be really honest. You know, should there be a, a should there be a, a list out there or should there not be a list out there? Um, you know, against like trying to cancel cancel culture. Um, I think there's a I mean, it, it's like I keep saying, like when we were talking about the schools and everything, there's it's it, it's, it's there's pros and cons to it all, you know. Um, I think that there's necessary, I think within the, I think it's necessary within the confines of things. Um, what's behind it? Um, somebody is sitting there and getting, uh, canceled after doing something that they did 10 years ago, but then they show that they've changed over those 10 years and they show that they've actually been a changed person. That's one thing. But if they've been the same person for the past 10 years and nothing's changed, that's another. You see what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I think it's, it has to do with what's behind it all, um, personally. Um, but at the same time, I don't... And then also, it's like, what is this going to solve? Signing a cancel... Signing a, a, a petition to cancel... To, to cancel cancel culture. What is that going to solve? What, where is that going to go? You see what I'm saying? Who's that going to go to? You see, you see what I'm saying? Like, is that, is that going to go to like the, the gods of social media and say, Hey, stop this from happening. I, I, I don't know. You just, you see what I'm saying? So to me, it's like, what does that solve? What is said thing? What is, what does that solve? I guess, you know? And, and just uh, for further clarification, there's at least one African-American that signed on to this, uh, Nell Irvin Painter. Uh, she's an American historian, notable for her works on United States Southern history of the 19th century. I think she wrote The History of White People. Uh, she was a, she's a retired Princeton University. She retired from Princeton University as the Edwards Professor of American History Emerita. Uh, so, you know. It's not all white people. There, there, there are uh, yeah. some African Americans and presumably other uh, minority Americans on there as well. Yeah. Uh, Tanovain just said something. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these comments now. Tanovain said, uh, "Censorship is dangerous, and cancellation is the extremist of censorship. It puts ideas underground." Uh, hold on. Uh, he has. Uh, I'll wait for him to finish his his tweet or his um his comment. But uh, oh, okay. Um, the dip. Okay, so he's saying the difference of of not being of not being canceled and thus challenged and educated versus and educated versus say someone who is just dry who just drives a car into a bunch of protesters because that's the only voice they perceive they have left. Hmm. 
it's that's an interesting that's an interesting um that's an interesting comment you know uh what do you guys think on that um yeah i mean obviously we're we live in a democracy or you know type of situation here where we're supposed to be able to have open ideas and discussion and be able to bring you know new ideas to the table and obviously if you are a writer and that's your world or if you're an artist or a musician or an actor and you're portraying a situation you want to be able to you know go out and put you know your idea into the world now not i not all ideas obviously are good ideas yeah um, but i guess you learn that way from it and you know i was reading the thing like saying uh, you know, if we make mistakes, we want to be able to uh, be able to learn from that and be able to help other people learn from it as well. And if we're not allowed to make the mistakes at all, uh, then, you know, that's you know, where we sit. You know, it's a um, I, I don't know. Again, I, I, the whole letter, I just don't like I think they're, the people are just asking people to not stop creating. But, you know, it just is creating in more of a mindful light you know i just i just i don't understand how some of the people defend some of the things out there that should be canceled you know and that's why we have a cancel culture is because there's a large group of people that are saying no that's not okay yeah yeah i mean i uh, go ahead jack i mean go ahead tom go ahead yeah i mean i i think as Jack was saying, I mean, there are some things that are just indefensible. And I was saying the same thing, like some things you can't, you just can't say, you can't say like openly racist stuff and expect to have a job the next day. Right. You can't say openly sexist stuff and expect to walk into the office and not be asked to clear, clear out your desk. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of living in the world. Uh, that said, I mean, if it's a good, if it's a good faith argument where it's not coming from a place of hate I mean, take J.K. Rowling. I disagree with J.K. Rowling entirely on what she's saying, but it's kind of new ground that, the you know, she gets, uh, uh, I guess, people like her called uh, trans-exclusive uh, radical feminists uh, is kind of the term people use for them. But, I mean, I don't agree with her, and I think she should be held accountable for her words. I don't think that means that we say J.K. Rowling is a bad person now, and it invalidates everything she's done. Now, at the same time, though, I don't think some some ideas should not be allowed to spread. I I think and it's not to say they should be censored by the government or anything like that. But it's to say if you're on a a, a, a privately owned platform like YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, you know, it, when it comes down to private private businesses, they should be able to say, okay, what you're saying goes against our terms of service or against our standards. And I think, you know, with the internet, there has been a a surge, I think, in poisonous ideas like racism uh, has definitely surged, I think, in part due to the internet. Because it used to be, if you walked up to somebody and said something super racist they'd be like wow that guy's really racist i'm never gonna hang out with that guy again and they'd be kind of ostracized from their community but now you have a platform like the internet and twitter and facebook and instagram and youtube where racists can come together and 
all the people that have been ostracized from their real world relationships because of their poisonous beliefs have found each other on the internet and they can just create their own little echo chamber and that builds and builds and builds. And it's a, I think particularly with racism, it's a poisonous ideology and it's insidious and it, it can spread very quickly. So I think, in the, I don't think it should be censored by the government, but if I were running Facebook, I'd be like, yeah, let's, cut it down. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the thing is, is, you know, uh, we could talk about this all day long and unfortunately we got to cut it, cut it, cut it short. Um, you know, definitely comment down below. Let us know, uh, what you think in regards to, uh, you know, cancel culture. Should it be canceled or not? Comment down below. We got to jump into it. It's birthday time. Let's do this. Birthdays y'all birthday time. You know, we got some celebrity birthdays out there. We do. Come on. Play, man. There we go. It's birthday time, y'all. So, fun little game. Jack's going to describe the celebrities that we are uh, celebrating today. And uh, comment down below and see if you can beat me and Tom. Let's get into it. Okay, I'm going to test your memory. Turning 44 years old today, he was originally on The Wonder Years. (laughs) Hmm. Yes, five, four, three, two, one. Fred Savage. Fred Savage. We got it. Okay. Uh, we have here one of uh, a movie actor from Concord, California, turned 64 years old today. He is a legendary actor. Uh, and he was in Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, The Green Mile. Three, two, one. Tom Hanks. Tim Hawks. <laughs> Tom Hawks. Tom Hanks, yes. Oh. <laughs> Who'd you say? Tim Hawks. Uh, Tim Hawks, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, from San Francisco, California, turning 73 years old today, uh, this football player um, didn't have a glove fit, so he must have quit. Oh, yes. Five, three, four, two, one. OJ. Orenthal James Simpson. Yes. <laughs> Full name. You get extra credit. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend, I guess. <laughs> uh, turning 56 years old today from San Francisco, California, this rock singer uh, was a widow of former Nirvana singer Kurt Cobain. Three, two, one. Courtney Love. Courtney. Correct. We have from Detroit, Michigan, turning 45 years old today, guitarist, vocalist, and founder of garage band The White Stripes. Oh, yeah. Three, two, one. Jack, Jack White. White. Jack White is correct. Okay, and let's see. Here we got just a couple more for today. Okay. One second while this one loads. Okay, so we have from... This person has passed away at the age of 33 in 1980. He's from Forfar, Scotland. This rock singer was the former frontman of the iconic rock band ACDC. Oh, I don't um, know it. Yeah. Three, uh, two, one. Is that but Bon Scott? Bon Scott, correct. Correct. Okay, we have Detroit, Michigan. The 61-year-old wrestler was uh, a legend in the WWE, has competed in the WCW and TNA. He became a six-time world heavyweight champion and 12-time tag team champion. He was cast in the 2015 film Magic Mike XXL. Uh, He's known 
in the ring uh, as Diesel, uh, Chet, Lamont, and Oz. Three, two, one. Yeah, like maybe uh, the only one I can think of would be like John Cena, maybe. Uh, Kevin Nash. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, and we got for the last one for today from Montreal, Canada, turning 66 years old today. He is uh, known as one of the investors on Shark Tank, uh, and they call him Mr. Wonderful. Oh, I don't know his name. Damn it. I don't know his name. Three, two, one. This is Kevin O'Leary. Kevin, o- <laughs> thank you, Kevin O'Leary. Damn. So, happy Damn. birthday, everybody out there. Yes. Uh, and, and enjoy your day, and look for a nice, lovely rest of this year yes enjoy your birthday you fellow cancers out there you know hope you guys are having a good one uh and and get as much cake eat as much cake as you bloody can anyway um thank you everybody for tuning in i really appreciate it jack tom thank you so much for tuning in and being on the show today appreciate it um, and uh, yes, that concludes our show today. Definitely before you go, definitely hit that like button down below. I would really, really appreciate it. Um, and if you haven't done it yet and this is your first time checking out this show, hit that subscribe button. I might be on later on tonight. I don't know yet. Um, but if I do, I will be sure to put something up on the community page to let you guys know, uh, when and what time I will be on. But anyway, it's time to get going. Be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. And I'll see you guys hopefully later on tonight. This is the Pascal Show. Bye.